Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Stacy B of Hampton Blues Children of Mashu, and I'm here to review the biopic of Tupac Shakur, All Eyes on Me. All Eyes on Me tells the true and untold story of the prolific rapper, actor, poet, and activist whose life was cut short at a very young age of 25. The story stars Demetrius Ship as Tupac Shakur, Kat Graham as Jada Pinkett, and Denai Guerrera as Afini Shakur, his mother, and a host of others. The film is directed by Benny Boom. All right, so All Eyes on Me has definitely had quite a few mixed reviews. It's been in the news a lot, a lot of debates going back and forth. Um, top celebrities have loved it, including Snoop Dogg, The Game, top DJs like Sway in the Morning and Big Boy in L.A., have loved the film while others like 50 Cent and a close friend of Tupac, Jada Pinkett Smith, were not too happy with the film. Jada is quoted as saying that she found the re-imaging of her relationship with Tupac deeply hurtful, which is pretty strong words there. Uh, the producer LT Hutton has defended his choices in the film, stating that he never had any intention to hurt Jada and actually use uh, real statements from her uh, in the film. So he looks at them as factual. But we'll get on that more later. But in the meantime, let's uh, talk a little bit more about this film. Demetrius Ship plays Tupac Shakur. He is a first-time actor. Uh, I believe prior to this, he worked at the Dish Network. <laughs> um, so he he was not involved in the acting world at all. He was involved in the arts, however. I believe he was a producer, and um, like his father, who actually produced for Tupac back in the day. Uh, but he auditioned for this particular role, although not an actor, um, after his friend kind of pressured him because all his life he was told he looked like Tupac so why not and I have to say indeed he does uh, there were moments in the film I had to do a double take uh, because he looked so much like Tupac I felt Demetrius gave a strong performance I any shortcomings I felt came more from the direction uh, certain scenes, particularly for me, the studio scene where he was uh, kind of redoing the, the, the iconic song, uh, California Love, I felt Demetrius, uh, his facial expressions were lacking uh, in that scene. Uh, Tupac always had strong expressions on his face. He was always had a, a certain kind of hun hunger in him, particularly after leaving prison. And uh, getting back into the studio. So you would probably want to see some major expression on the face of Demetrius. Uh, but that he lacked in that particular scene. He got his body movements down. But again, his expressions were not there. And for me, the director probably could have caught that. Um, because uh, in other scenes, Demetrius definitely captured uh, the expressions of Tupac, I would say about 90% of the time. Uh, so overall, like I said, a very strong performance, but any shortcomings probably could have been caught uh, by the director. Um, another standout performance came from Denai Guerrera, who plays Afini Shakur, Tupac's mother. She did a wonderful job. There were moments where she had a bit of overacting, in fact, sometimes the audience would chuckle at some of her scenes. And again, 
that to me was something the director could have caught or who knows, maybe that's what he likes. But for the audience, it was a bit overacting in some scenes. But again, she gave a very powerful performance that I feel Afini Shakur would have been proud of. Uh, she and, and Demetrius as Tupac and, and Afini definitely had some powerful scenes together that were memorable and that honestly make the movie. Uh, so she should definitely be proud of her performance as well as Demetrius. Kat Graham gave a, also a great uh, performance as Jada Pinkett. Um, at the time, she wasn't Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, she didn't marry uh, Will Smith, of course, not until after Tupac passed away. But as Jada Pinkett, uh, Kat Graham did a wonderful job because, you know, Jada kind of has that kind of cool swag, intellectual, straight to the point kind of energy. She definitely brought that to the screen. Um, I know Jada wasn't too happy <laughs> with some of uh, the scenes uh, or the story. She was happy with Cat's uh, performance, however. Let's make that clear. Jada praised Cat and she praised Demetrius for their performances, but she just was not happy with some of the stories. And, and let's speak on that a little bit. Um, when it came to Jada and... Her image, of course, how she feels is what matters. <laughs> she knew Tupac and this is her life. So if she was hurt or didn't feel the Im imaging was correct, we got to go with that. And LT probably should have sat down with her and interviewed her just to get the right, uh, the right story uh, when it came to Tupac and her. Because from what I've heard, it seems like it was pretty deep. Um, you know, almost deeper than a friendship. She calls Tupac her father figure. I tell you, it's interesting. I have to say that Pac was probably one of the first male figures that I had in my life that saw the beauty and the talent and my intelligence separated from sex, mm. right? So that's something that a child, a, a young girl usually gets from their father. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that. Right. Pac was the first one that it, it wasn't about sex. It was about you. You're a beautiful woman. You're talented. You're strong. I respect you, and you are my girl. You're going to sit right here, and I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure, if nothing else, you get what you need. And that's what our relationship was like. Yeah, so as you heard, that that's pretty deep. That would have been a nuance that LT... Benny and the writers really could have added to this story just to kind of see Tupac in that light uh, as someone who could love a woman who's beautiful, but love her almost like he, she's his daughter, like like Jada said, like like a father figure, just uh, not not with the sexual, just a much deeper love. Um, having said that, I do understand creative license. I think that you know, with Jada saying she was upset because uh, they had a scene where uh, Tupac was reading a poem to Jada. Jada says that poem was never read to her. She didn't discover that poem until after Tupac died and it was published in a book uh, regarding his life. Um, I get that, but I also understand why the producers and writers probably put that in the film, even though that it may not have happened in that setting the poem itself was true and the poem itself definitely spoke on 
Tupac's love for Jada. So maybe they made a decision to put it in, although in a false setting, because it wanted, it was still a true statement from Tupac and it really represented how much Tupac loved Jada Pinkett. Uh, I particularly love the line he uses where he says, you know, you are my heart in human form. I mean, it's just, it's a powerful statement. And actually that scene was one of my favorite scenes. But again, this is Jada's life and LT probably should have spoken with her just to see how she would have wanted that to be revealed perhaps in the film. I know she was also upset with one of the last scenes where she's backstage uh, talking to Tupac about the West Coast, East Coast rivalry and how she didn't like the, the path he was headed. She says, again, that was not a true setting. She never went to any of his shows per his request, which is also pretty interesting, something they could have added to, to the to the script just to kind of get an understanding of that. Um, but yeah, she said that never happened. However, again, I think it was creative license. Um they maybe wanted to create kind of a a sexy scene for that dialogue or maybe it's budget reasons why they had to use that scene of of them being backstage you know maybe it wouldn't have looked as cool them speaking on that on the telephone you know there's various reasons why filmmakers choose certain settings uh but the reality is it's actually was a statement that Jada has said to Tupac where she had an issue with how he was handling the Biggie situation, the West Coast and East Coast situation. She felt he was going down the wrong path. So apparently they disagreed on that and had a blow up on that. That is actually a fact because she's mentioned that during interviews. Don't you believe at that time he was in love with you because he would write poetry about you that the fact that you two weren't sexual with one another, but he said you could make him come in a way that without sex, right? You know, I think it's so funny because now being older, I, I have more of an understanding of, of, of what that was between us because, you know, when you have two young people who have very strong feelings, but... There's no physical chemistry between us at all. And it wasn't even just for me. Right. You know, it was him, too. I mean, don't I mean, you know, there was a time when I was like, just kiss me. Let's Mm -hmm. just see how this goes. And when I tell you it had to be the most disgusting kiss for us both. (laughs) Explain that to me, because it was so platonic, the relationship. I think, you know, the only way I can put it is just the higher power just did not want that because I feel as though if Pac and I had any kind of sexual chemistry, we might have killed each other because right. we were both so passionate mm-hmm. and, you know, we we love deeply. I mean, it was hard enough just with us being friends. We had a very uh, volatile relationship. So you guys were this cl- these close friends, really close, yeah. uh, almost lovers, but the chemistry wasn't there. Yeah. But then as you go off to L.A. and pursue a career and he goes off doing his thing, uh, you guys are not friends. He, he went to jail. He went to jail. And you've, you've said when he went to jail for the first time, he called you after that and that he changed. Jail changed him. Well, it wasn't. There was there was a lot of things that transpired once he went to jail. It was really once he came out right. that he, you know, he he changed quite a bit, which you mean is his understandably fame changed him or just coming out of jail. No, 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 jail. Jail. Jail was was uh, was a very uh, difficult experience for him, right. and 
Um, and of course, we were on two sides of the of the spectrum. And you know, Pac and I have always had very intense conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, arguments and you know if we disagree with each other we disagree hardcore and we had a very hardcore disagreement and what was the disagreement what what was the what was the thing that broke you guys up in terms of a friendship um i just wasn't in agreement with the direction that he was taking and i just told him that you know it it was a a destructive direction scary scary a very scary direction and and he felt as though you know i had changed i got hollywood i you know right you had gone soft i've gone soft right and i understood all that you know and looking back now i totally understand where Pac was because at that particular point in time that mentality was part of his survival Mm -hmm. for that moment and it was actually a mentality he started to come out of before he was murdered right and and so you hadn't spoken to him for a couple of years and and the point I'm getting at is that when he was murdered you probably felt a lot of guilt that you hadn't been in touch yes or or were you guilt-free because you said to yourself well listen I couldn't go in that direction I didn't want to be friends with someone who was getting so hardcore angry you know I don't think I was guilty as much as I felt just sadness, mm. you know, for not having, you know, just the opportunity to tell him that I loved him. Mm. But I know he knew that, you know, because it wasn't the first time that we had had a bad argument and had stopped speaking and all that. I mean, that was kind of a constant in our relationship. So I didn't really look at it as... um you know, a reason to feel guilty, but I, I, it definitely taught me a lesson, which is life is too short. Do not, is like, do not let disagreements stand in between you and people that you love and care about. I can tell you're really emotional about him. I mean, you're crying. Yeah. I mean, you, when you think of him, you have tears in your eyes. You know, I love him. Yeah. So again, LT probably should have spoken to Jada Pickett. Uh, when it came to the writing, again, The dilemma was they have a lot of info to reveal uh, to the audience in such a short period. uh, They could have perhaps focused more on maybe just one period of Tupac's life and not approach this in such a linear way. Because, again, that's definitely a critique of mine and critique of many others. It was just it was linear and it was rushed. Um, even though I'm, I'm often a fan of linear storytelling because I do like to kind of see the cradle to grave uh, story sometimes, but it, it just didn't quite work in this particular case. Or they could have been a little bit more creative with how they approached it. Um, in the film, they brought out a reporter to visit Tupac in prison, and then Tupac from there was telling the, the reporter his life. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they may have could have done a, a little bit more creativity in that. Uh, maybe, like I said, focus on one period in his life and maybe had some flashbacks uh, just to kind of make it a little bit more artsy, make, make the film a little bit more artsy uh, and less TV movie-ish, if you will. Uh, but again, the, the film is not terrible, but it just wasn't riveting. Uh, now, the direction of the film was by Benny Boom, a well-known music director. Some of his music video creds include uh, Nicki Minaj, most recently No Frauds, 50 Cent's Just a Little Bit, Candy Shop. 
He's done some uh, videos for Diddy. You know, in the in the film world, however, he still is a bit of a newbie, as his main film credit prior to All All Eyes on Me was Next Day Air. Um, I like some of the choices he made in the film, like the opening sequence with the Black Panther audio uh, and the transition to Tupac in prison. And he played one of my favorite songs of Tupac, which was So Many Tears. Um, You know, I I like that opening. It it wasn't, again, the most artistic opening, uh, like a Spike Lee kind of opening. Uh, if you remember, the Malcolm X opening was was quite artistic and actually controversial with the burning of the flag and the Rodney King beating, you know, but that's Spike Lee's style. Um, Benny doesn't seem to have quite his style yet when it comes to film. Uh, I did like his music choices. They were good, which makes sense. He's a music video director. The music definitely created a nostalgic atmosphere and a feeling to the viewer uh, that they were right there with Tupac during this era, like during the 90s. Like you just you felt that kind of energy. Um, I also like the choice to highlight not just the music of Tupac, but also his films. Some of his lines, particularly in Juice, were iconic. Uh, I even heard some of the audience member repeating uh, some of those lines. So, you know, that was definitely a good choice to use that in the film. Uh, The concert scenes were also shot uh, well. I felt like you were actually witnessing Tupac in concert. So, Again, Benny made a great choice in in terms of the the music that was chosen and the angles that were used. You you definitely felt like this was a Tupac concert and Demetrius, again, captured the charisma of Tupac. Now, the shortcomings in direction, for me, with regard to that, was more with the transitions. Some scenes seemed to cut off uh, prematurely. Also did not like some of Benny's choices with the slow-mo camera uh, with certain shots. Uh, To me, that made the film go from feature film quality to, again, TV movie quality. Uh, Again, Benny is still fairly new to making films, so perhaps in time he will be able to see or create more of an artistic approach to his filmmaking. Right now, it just seems a, a little bit generic. Because again, just look at a Spike Lee film or Steven Spielberg film. They have certain angles they use. They have certain dialogue they use. Uh, and that, in many ways, creates a trademark. So I can't quite grasp what the Benny Boom trademark is. But he's he's growing. He's discovering uh, his filmmaking when it comes to um, major films. So you know, he he did a a decent job, but you can tell there's room for growth. Also, the ending to me was, was too abrupt. I, I did not leave with tears in my eyes, which you would think we would. Cause I mean, Tupac again is, is such an iconic, uh, figure. Everyone around the world loves Tupac. So, you would think there would be tears in the audience, more silence in the audience, and there wasn't. Um, to me, they should have borrowed from the Tupac documentary Resurrection. 
uh, and offer that kind of epic ending that's in that documentary. Um, in that doc, they took clips from Tupac's interviews and he narrated the entire film, which was mad creative. Um, and in the part where he dies, you actually hear him speak as if he's speaking from the grave. Uh, as we all know, Tupac is known to have predicted his death or, you know, he always talked about his death. So they could have incorporated some of those things in this film. They could have had Demetrius, you know, kind of offer some of that dialogue that was used in the resurrection documentary. Cause those were actual words from Tupac. Uh, and that could have been a closing scene. And then, wrapped in that could have been a montage of, of his past, of him kind of remembering his past, and then maybe cutting to his mother and his fiance, uh, Kadada Jones, uh, spreading his ashes in the field as they reportedly did. So, you know, that type of movement in the end, I think would have made it a little bit more heartfelt. Instead, they played a gospel song while we saw Tupac on the ground, uh, dying after various gunshots. So, it wasn't a tearjerker. Uh, so, but overall, the film was definitely not trash, as some uh, critics have said. It's definitely not that. But I would say that it is kind of a mediocre film, and for Tupac fans, that that's kind of disappointing because, again, Tupac was not a mediocre figure. Tupac deserves an epic film on the levels of Malcolm X, as in many ways he is the Malcolm X of a generation, of a young generation. Uh, The producers allegedly spent 11 years preparing for this film, yet in the end, it it just seemed like they maybe settled for a lack of a nuanced kind of script and a lack of nuance with the direction. Uh, Tupac, again, was a complex person who needs his story told less like Wikipedia, but more like a novel, to be honest, more descriptive, more artsy, uh, you know, more in depth. Many hope down the years an epic film will be in the works, um, and we shall see. Uh, and if that happens, hopefully it will it will be more of a three-hour film, again similar to the Malcolm X film done by Spike Lee, or it could be a miniseries. Uh, maybe Netflix could do a series. Or FX could do a series like OJ's American Crime Story. Whatever it is, it definitely needs to be in-depth and really get into the psyche of Tupac and his relationships with his mother, Jada Pinkett, etc. Because, you know, these were key people in his life. And it could really offer the audience more insight into Tupac as, as a person beyond just the East Coast, West Coast rivalry, beyond just his rape case. So for me, All Eyes on Me is a decent story, was not epic, but I give it a three out of five stars. So I don't fit in, that's hell. It's hell when you can't be around your peers. All my life grew up around black people, poor people, but I can't live around poor people now because they'll rob me. And why would they rob me? Because they're starving, because there's no money here. But they're telling me, now that I made a little money, I have to move here. So it's not like no one's ever trying to deal with this section. They're just moving away from it. And we're going to have more stars coming from together, but they're going to all move this way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like all, all the society is doing is leeching off the ghetto.
They use the ghetto for their pain, for their sorrow, for their culture, for their music, for their happiness, for their movies, to talk about boys in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be another young, I don't want to be 50 years old at a BET We Shall Overcome um, Achievement Awards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Not me. You know, I want when they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish, and because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody's going to clean it up. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.